Welcome to the Hour of Excellence, Studio Presley, featuring an outstanding dignitary. This outstanding dignitary has a lot to say today, especially to the young people. I am so honored to have this young person on the line with me today, and I'm sure that the knowledge that, that he will give to you will be very helpful. Thank you, Mr. Don Williams, for taking time from your busy schedule to talk with me today. Mr. Don Williams, the microphone is yours. Please introduce yourself. Uh, thank you. My name is Donald Williams. I'm born and raised in Lake City. I graduated from Richardson High School in the class of 1947. Then I matriculated at Florida A&M and the University of Indiana, and I'm retired since 1997. And that's about the size of it, yes. Very good, Mr. William. So you were once a classroom teacher? I was a guidance counselor. I never was a classroom teacher. I started out as a guidance counselor, and that's what I uh, did for 40 years in the public school system. I also was an adjunct for the University of South Florida Project Upward Bound for 41 years. Wow, I am honored to have you on today. You are really a superlative. You are really an outstanding dignitary. And I'm sure at the end of this conversation, everybody in the world would have gained something, especially the young people. Now, while you were guidance counselor, you were in touch with a lot of young people, parents and all of that. But what can you say, what can suggestion that you can give to the young people today? You, as far as their future, what can you tell them to uh, do? Well, uh, I've been somewhat out of the loop since retired, but from dealing, uh, past dealing with young people, I would say do something positive uh, with your life. <clears throat> Stay out of trouble because trouble will never leave you. Uh, even if you change, it will always be there and get something that uh, is positive in your life. You know, if you don't Matriculate. It's, it's worthwhile to take up a trade, the trade of, of very lucrative occupations, and uh, you can always uh, uh, have something to do. Very good. Now, do you have any kind of suggestions, career suggestion, or job suggestion that you would uh, <laughs> you would give to them as, when they start selecting their career? Do you have anything in mind? Yeah, all of the trades are very, very good. Uh, some of the ones in uh, uh, cyber uh, network is very good. The, the health occupations are very good. Uh, any of the mechanical trades or anything in the trade field is very good. And there are no bad ones, you know, and you don't always have to pursue a college education to be productive in life because we need people to do all the other things other than uh who work on the college level, yes. Okay. Now, you made a good point because a student just asked me uh, this week, do I have to go to college in order to be successful? I don't know if I could have answered the way you could because you were you were a guidance counselor and, and you, you were, I think, at a college and everything. 
So you have much more experience. But I think what you said a few minutes ago, you don't necessarily have to go to college and be successful. Am I right? You're very right. Uh, very much so. I uh, uh, laugh at it all the time. My first year with a college degree and, uh, and, and just about finished with a master's program, I uh, <clears throat> was making, I signed a contract because it was a long time ago for $3,900, and one of my students came in and asked me, uh, could I give him a pass to, uh, so he could go to work, that he was about 20 years old and his parents needed him to work. And uh, I asked him what kind of work he was doing. He said, I'm a semen finisher. I said, how much wow. money do you make? He said, I'll tell you tomorrow. So he came back the next day and said, I made $85 yesterday. And I laughed because uh, I was only bringing home $260 a month. And he had made wow. $85 for one afternoon of work. So uh, all of the trades are good. But in today's culture, you know, with modernization, you know, there are a lot of things that uh, you don't have to have a full you know, college degree. I was always an advocate of, you know, find your niche and, uh, and, and, and do that. You know, it wasn't necessary college because it takes a lot of discipline it takes to, to uh, pursue a college, and it's very expensive where you can get a trade. It is not as expensive. You go to work immediately. You may have a college degree. You may not have a job right away. You have to, you know, you can pretty well go where you want to if you have a trade. Yeah. Very good. So now, do you think that students should try to finish high school? Oh, definitely. So, yes, you definitely need in, uh, uh, to finish high school. Uh, uh, and if you can uh, pursue some further education because if you uh, to, to have the knowledge to, to, to do things uh, on a professional level, it may take uh, a little bit more than just a high school diploma uh, to do that. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Now, were you motivated to go into the... Um profession that you did, were you motivated or you just woke up one day and said, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that? Did you have a role, uh, motivation, a role model that helped you to make your decision? Uh, I, uh, when I left high school and going to college, you know, uh, there weren't very many opportunities in, uh, uh, in other fields where you could, uh, of endeavor. So uh, I went to college and I majored in vocational agriculture. Uh, but uh, after I finished, uh, I decided, you know, guidance was just coming into uh, the school curriculum. And so I said, that's something I would like to do, advise young people and help them pick careers. And, and that's how I ended up uh, uh, in that field. It was new in the state of Florida. And so... Uh, when I finished uh, college, I immediately went to grad school before I was drafted into the Air Force and Army, and I had volunteered for the Air Force. And then uh, that's what I majored in. And uh, I was kind of lucky when I got out of the Air Force. Uh, they were just starting counseling in the in the public schools. Uh, it was still segregation. I was 
lucky to get a job uh, in a school in the area where I was living. Yeah. Very good. Now, when you said the Air Force, let me just uh, sort of interject this. I was told, although I've never been in the branch of the service, I was told the Air Force people, smart people. So you don't have to brag, because you don't have to brag, but you had to be smart in order to be in the Air Force, and you had to be successful when you got out of the Air Force. That's why you were a motivational factor for students. So you were smart. Air Force man, smart man. Yeah, so congratulations. I don't know. There are some smart people in there, but I don't know if I was one of those or not. But uh, <laughs> I just, well, I, if you went into the army, you you know that was a uh, you, you you had to you know soldier all the time and sleep out in camp and all that. Therefore, it was like going to school. You was you got a you was a technical kind of person if you was in the Air Force because you know you worked around the airplanes and all that was technical kind of occupation. Yeah, that made you smart. I mean, you were smart. You don't have to brag. I can, I can say it. Plus, the listen audience know right away that you were smart. For you to go to Air Force, you, you had to be smart. You had to be smart. So we appreciate you for being that. We appreciate you for being a role model for the students. Yeah, and you were a role model for the students. Now, what I wanted to, um, what I wanted to know, if you had a suggestion to make to students about maybe attending church or Sunday school or like that, what would you tell them, and how would that, that uh, help them to be successful in life? You know, uh, <clears throat> the church in, in, the, in today's uh, uh, world, the church is a good place uh, to, uh, to uh, learn skills that, you know, you may not learn in the public school. In the, if you're active in the church, you learn some skills that will carry you through uh, life, uh, uh, and you meet uh, people in church uh, that you become uh, uh, lifelong. Because in the school system, you know, you see kids, you, you know, you're not from the same community anymore. You be bust in, uh, you come from someplace else, and you just see each other at school. But if you're in church, you know, that's a lifelong uh, relationship and the, the church will give you an occupation uh, opportunity to uh, express yourself and and, and and be a part where in the school system you may not have that opportunity so I'm a strong uh, advocate of uh, of attending the church you know I, somebody's church it doesn't make any difference you know with me any particular faith but uh, it does it's very important to, to get that uh, uh, church uh, foundation. Very good. So uh, it must have helped you a lot because you seem to be a wonderful person. So you are you're a mouthpiece for that, and that's good. It helped you. You know, you're attending church because I think that you were telling me that you met, um, you attended the same church with Glenia, my husband, Glenia, and... Uh, I, you okay? You want to say something about that? Oh yes, I I reminded your husband, Glendale, and his brother Paul. They lived, I guess, uh, down Washington Street, and they came to Sunday school. Uh, I remember they was always uh, dressed up with little short pants, double breast, <laughs> <Little> short pants, <laughs> double breast suit, Glendale and Paul. Yes, and uh, 
I remember, you know, uh, we went to Sunday school, we went to church, we went to league, and then, and then we went back to church at night. Uh, uh, also that attended church uh, that uh, with me was Corrine Lawson. Well, we all went to the same church also. Her brothers and uh, uh, Corrine, all of us, we attended the uh, church together. So uh, that was very much a part of my upbringing was uh, uh, attending church, uh, and, uh, I, and I still do that, yes. Very So you think that was helpful, helpful in your upbringing, that was helpful in your success story, attending church? Oh, yes, yes, very much so. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you, 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 you knew that they, on Sunday you were going to Sunday school, and uh, you sometimes you might not have to you know stay to church, but uh, you went back in the afternoon to league. It, it, that's what they had in the AME church, and then you would, would go to church at night. And your friends, you know, had two kinds of friends. You had your church friends, and you had your your class or your school friends. But everybody went to the same school, but you weren't in the same grade. You didn't hardly see them. But uh, when you uh, went to church. Uh, you were all friends and you did things together, you know, yeah. Uh, yes. Well, I can relate to that too, Mr. Williams, because Sunday, I knew what I had to do on Sunday. Sunday school, then we, well, I was Baptist. You sound like AME, right? Right, AME, yes, that's me, yeah. It doesn't matter. But anyway, Sunday school, that was a must. And then we have, uh, then we have church service. That was a must. And then in the afternoon, we have what is called BYPU. Yes, yes. And then after that, we have church. Now, that was our schedule for Sunday. And then on Tuesday night, we went to Bible study. And all of that made you feel very special. And it helped to plan your life. It helped to help you growing up. Successful growing up. See, when you put God in your life, Mr. Williams, He directs your path. And I see that's a lot of things that's missing with a lot of these young people now. They don't have God in their life or in their path. They don't. And that's why they are so frustrated. A lot of people are doing different things that they shouldn't do. You know, so I, during that time, uh, you didn't necessarily always go to your church. You would visit other people's church, you know. Uh, you would follow the, the girls, wherever the girls were going to church. That's where you would end up visiting that church also. <laughs> That's so, right. So everybody knew everybody, you know. And uh, So, uh, you know, you might be, uh, this Sunday you go to the Baptist church, and then next Sunday you might be the, the, to the United Methodist Church or, uh, and uh, back to the AME church, and uh, that's what you, but you, church was very much uh, a, a part of, of, of uh, your upbringing. And then uh, you, everybody knew you, you know, so uh, then it kind of kept you uh, in the right path if you were uh, thinking about stream because everybody knew you and everybody knew your parents in the uh that was a very uh, important part of you growing up to attend church, you know. Uh, so it, I'm really happy that I 
my parents instilled in us to, uh, you know, that we, that was just a must, you know. You had to go to church, uh, you know. Uh, on Sunday, that was your activities, you know. That's right. That's right. That's so sound familiar. So sound familiar. But it seemed to be nice, it seemed to be in the reverse order. You know, in the, in the, and one thing is, you, you keep mentioning what your parents, your parents are uh, uh, requiring you to do. But in a lot of cases now, Mrs. Mrs. William, it's in reverse. These children are, are dictating to their parents. They tell them what they're going to do and not do. You know, so a lot of, you know, I know sometimes on my way to church, I see students standing on the side of the road. You know, they're talking. Not And you go to church, the students are not there. The children are not there. But you have parents sitting up in church, but the children are not there. That's the way it is now. But I I do feel that it makes a difference when a child is involved in church. It makes a difference. You know, when people get grown, they decide, you know, uh, what they want to do. But uh, uh, in our young life, uh, we went to church in Sunday school, and uh, we took the kids also. You know, we got up on a Sunday morning, everybody, you know, got ready, and we went to uh, went to Sunday school. And I taught a class, my wife taught a class, and the kids were on the class now. When they got grown, <laughs> I guess they said they, they don't do that. But uh, it's not that it, we didn't uh, instill it in them. They just made the choice that uh, they weren't going to do it. They don't go that often. But uh, that was a part of the upbringing. Uh, that we all just get together and, and, and go to church, you know. That's right. And after church, you have your Sunday dinner. You sure do. You have your Sunday dinner. Now, let's talk about some of the... Now, I know it's been a long time since you've been out of education, but then it seems as if education is a part of you, so you never can forget it. What do you think is missing if you if you had to uh, suggest something that should be included or emphasized today as far as educational growth is concerned? Is there anything you have in mind? You know, I uh, I know that uh, uh, in, there's a lot of controversy about different kinds of books and different things that you can uh, t- teach in school. But if it's not taught in school, where are you going to learn it from? Because uh, you know, there's no that's the uh, I guess the vehicle for most things you learn is in the you get it in school. But if it's not in the school you know, where are you going to to get it? And I think a lot of people who aren't in education dictate what's going to happen in education by their own thoughts. And uh, that is uh, uh, something that uh, seemed to be uh, a big factor in what is being taught in the school now. I mean, I would think that uh, instead of putting a whole lot of emphasis on just one phase of a career, this uh, college, you know, uh, interject all of the, the different avenues of uh, leading a successful life uh, after uh, high school. Uh huh. Yes. Now let's go back to uh, you were saying 
Well, well, let me go specific. You know, I believe that, um, I firmly believe that teachers should have a say on what should be taught or read. I think they should be because they're in there with the, now this is giving my opinion. You don't have to elaborate if you don't want to. I think teachers should have a voice in what should be taught or what should be read in the classroom because they're with that, with that child. And you cannot make just one decision. It will be suitable for all children. And I think they don't, they're not relying on the teachers enough to make decisions that somebody remotely who does not know what he or she is doing making major decisions. And what they're doing is they're confusing the educational process. They are frustrating children rather than helping children. Now, if you're teaching a child right, that child should be able to read and interpret things correctly. If you're not teaching them right, then they get confused. So I think that if you say, well, you cannot read this and you cannot read that, you can, I think that's unfair to the child. It's unfair to the teachers and everything to make that decision. You don't have to elaborate on me. That's Bernice Press because I was in the classroom for about 45 years, and it's frustrating for me to know that students have not been given the opportunity recently to select what they want to read. And, yes. and I don't think anything wrong with that because the more you read, the more you know, the more you know, the smarter you grow. Yes, yes. And, you know, that's, yeah. uh, I'm uh, in agreement with you that uh, the teachers uh, uh, who are there with the students and uh, a person who is not in education don't know the uh, uh, what the children should be uh, uh, learning or what they need to know because it's a life uh, long process in the foundation that they get in school. You know. Uh, one of the things that always kind of bothered me that these different organizations that start schools and they get them funded, they have no uh, uh, background in education. Uh, I was talking to a young man recently, and he was saying uh, they were homeschooling their children. And so I told him, I said, well, you know, maybe that's all right. I said, but you don't have the skills to home, you know, uh, 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 teach your children. Uh, I said, you know, you need methods. You, you, you have not had any course in methods. You haven't. Uh, so uh, that's going to be a problem when they uh, uh, reach things where they need to know a method of how to do things. They aren't going to know that. And he said, well, I hadn't thought of it that way. But uh, a lot of kids are getting crippled in the, in the educational process because you know they aren't being taught by people who are trained to teach in the that's right absolutely that's a good point mr william you're absolutely correct and then even with homeschool we go into the classroom sometimes in these schools you have teachers who are who have not been assigned properly you might have a teacher and I, i'm not referencing a particular teacher you might have a teacher who studied maybe physical education. They come on board at a school, they might put that teacher in a, maybe an algebra class, that teacher teaching an algebra class. That's, those students are not going to get the benefit of that algebra, algebra concept because that teacher is out of place. Same thing what you said with homeschooling. 
these students are liking a lot of things in homeschooling. They are they're liking a, but they're going through. They're getting a degree. They're getting a diploma, and they're being homeschooled. But they they're liking, and then on in some situation, I may be jumping, trying to cover a lot of territory. On in a lot of situation, uh, schools allow one parent, one uno parent to make a big, a big decision that would affect the whole class. And let me give you an example of, um, well, I'm going to let you talk because I can talk on and on. I forgot this is you. Okay, I, I'll say that later on. But if you have something to interject right now, you can do it, Mr. Williams. And I'll tell you about the experience that I had with one parent who uh, destroyed my class. Okay. Uh, well, you know, uh, the other thing is uh, that... Uh, 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 people are ahead up of school, you know, that uh, no background in administration. Uh, uh, they don't know uh, what to, how to direct the teacher and, and what to teach. They have no way of evaluating the teacher or whatever. And, it, and it's more of a, a financial uh, uh, profit for them. And then the bottom, the bottom line is the kids aren't getting the proper uh Training. Uh, I remember uh, as a kid came to, uh, to the school at our last work, and uh, she had old A's. So I put in an advanced class. She came back in a few days and say, "I can't handle those classes." I said, "But you had old A's." She says, uh, "Yeah, but I came out of this school that if you just sat in was quiet and everything, you would get a." A grade of A, so she mm, said, mm, mm. "You have to take me out of these classes." And then I realized mm. then that uh, you know a lot of these so these private schools, you know, don't have the the uh, the experience of certified teachers teaching, and uh, that's uh, uh, another handicap for students who attend those kinds of schools. Yeah, that's right. But let me share you. Um, I would tell you, like, sometimes parents, one parent would make a decision that would affect the whole class. Now, I'm a science math major, and uh, I was teaching my eighth grade class, and I saw the need of them to learn how to to read cursive and write cursive oh, yeah. because I had a grandson who went to college, and he got some manuscripts that he could not read because he was not taught cursive writing in, in school. He, he graduated with honors from school, from high school, but didn't know how to read nor write in cursive. So he, he encountered some, some uh, manuscripts that he had to read and also write in cursive, and he didn't know how to do it. So I thought about that. Then I started teaching my, my eighth grade science students Cursive writing. I had the little child on the board and everything. They were enjoying it. And when they write, when they would write up their experiments, they had to write up using cursive. The students were enjoying it. One little student didn't want to do it. She didn't want to write in cursive. She wanted to print in eighth grade. So she went home and told her mother. About her mother came out there. I had a, a conference with the principal, the head of the English department, the student. And the parent. And the principal ordered me not to teach cursive anymore in the class because that one parent. Yeah. That one parent. And then 
Within the last year, Mr. Williams, I was at a doctor's appointment. And uh, so we were, I was just talking with the little nurse's aide and everything. She said, she said one thing, we were, I don't know what, how the, it came up. She said one thing, Miss um, Preston said, I want to learn how to do cursive. And said, uh, uh, the teacher started teaching me cursive. And then she said she had to stop. And said, because I wanted to learn how to do cursive. I said, let me stop you right there. He said, the teacher that you're talking about, you're looking at her now. She said, you were the teacher? I said, yes. The principal and the head of the department ordered me not to teach cursive anymore. She said, I wish we would have known that the class would have gone behind you. I said, no, I didn't want to. I said, no, I just went on to stop teaching it. One parent did that. One parent. Okay. All right, I'm finished right now. I won't tell you about the other experience. But, you know, uh, that happens a lot of times. In fact, uh, kids used to come in uh, and ask to get their schedule changed. I says, uh, why? They the work is too hard. I says, uh, uh, no, I'm not going to change it. Sometimes parents would come, and I would, you know, sit there and, and convince them that it was best for the kid to stay uh, in the class was more challenging than, uh, uh, you know, because they didn't feel like doing the homework or they uh, don't have the time. But uh, sometimes, you know, in today's culture, uh, the kids dictate, you know, uh, uh, to the parents what they want to do. You know, when I was in school, uh, the parents was on the side of the teacher, but not anymore, you know. it's uh, That's right, that's a right. Different thing, yeah. That's right. So uh, I'm so glad all that's behind me. Uh, if, if, you know, hindsight is always 2020 when you say uh, it's, it's, a, it's a different situation. Uh, you know, uh, I remember when I was in school, uh, if you, you tell a kid, you didn't comb your hair this morning, and you go in there and you comb the kid's hair. The teacher would, and you you comb a kid's hair now, and you're gonna be looking for a job. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. You're absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. Absolutely correct. Yes. And yeah, <laughs> you're right. Parents could, I mean, teach students to come and talk to you about different things. Mm-mm, can't do that now. No, no, no. Can't do that now. In so, fact, the kids used to come to me and say, uh, my mama or my dad, I said, wait a minute, hold it. I said, come go with me. I don't want to hear it because I got to report it. I take them to one of the administrators, you know. That's, that's right. That's what they have. I say, well, you know, and I, I would tell my wife in the latter years, I says, it's best not to hear so much because uh, with this culture now, uh, you you get in trouble with just hearing stuff that you uh, in years gone by you could do something about it, but it's a different uh, uh, situation in today's culture. The whole world has changed. Uh, where the, the teacher used to be a very respected person in the community, but uh, they're just another person there now, and uh, you have to be very very careful and cautious of. of, of what you say and uh, uh, what you do as a teacher. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Plus, the the students are allowed to use the little little cell phones. They they tape and they video things. You know, it just well. 
Do you think that, what do you think could, could make a difference, could change things, Mr. Williams? What, what, was, what suggestion would you have as to how things could be gradually changed? I just, I just don't know because of the, uh, the world has changed so drastically. You know what's acceptable now uh, uh, among people. It it was not acceptable in in years gone by. So uh, if you uh, yeah, that was a, uh, a step to a different drama. So you have to get in. You know whether you like it or not, you have to. Uh, get in step with today's uh, drama, uh, uh, you are uh, uh, My wife told her kids to get in line. He said, I'm in line. She said, what line you are in? I'm in line by myself. He said, it is hard to, to say, you know, uh, any more because uh, Culture has changed so 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 drastically, you know. In fact, uh, the the dress, you know, when uh, my years of attending school, you never saw a lady teacher without stockings on, you know. And the man wore a tie every day, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you go to the school now, you. You don't know the teacher from the custodian. <laughs> oh, goodness. I mean, you're right, Mr. Weed. That's right. That's right. That's right. You're absolutely correct. But do you think there's hope for us? You think there's hope for, for, for the future of us? <laughs> it's hard to say. The world is changing so fast and, and drastically now. You know, you know, uh, you know, when uh, I was, you know, coming up, you had to go to school, you go to class. Do you know you can get a Ph.D. degree and never set foot on campus? <laughs> that is right. You're right. Did you know this drug? That's right. <laughs> You're right. I hate to laugh, but you know that's the way you're saying it. You're so true. <laughs> yeah, you know you. Uh, I said, well, you, uh, you know, what school do you attend? They give me a name of a school that you never heard of uh, before. And uh, uh, a lot of people they get a doctor's degree, and uh, if you got the money, you can get the uh-huh. degree. That's all you need is the money. You don't, have, you know, and. Uh, you don't have to have the skills or, or know anything. You just you know you 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 get the you get the degree, and you never put foot on campus. You know. You're right. You can really get a degree for somebody else. You know, I could say, Mr. William, get get a degree for me. You can get a degree for Bernie Presley, and I yeah. never even knew how you did it. But I go around, Dr. Bernie Presley. That's the way it is. Yeah, you're right. You hit on a good point there. You know, do you know that uh, uh, you can become a nurse practitioner and never attend nursing school? You know, you wow. Can, you can go to some of these schools. They offer a, a, a nurse. You know, you can become a, a nurse practitioner. They in a year and a half. They teach you. Uh-huh. 
you know, so you you take the test and you know you you run a noise, you don't you know you didn't major in science or anything, but uh, 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 you can do that and everything. So the world has changed in education. Uh, uh, when you have some, well, I got a, a you know a doctor's degree in. Uh, you where did you? Uh, Get it from they tell you. Now you find that school is a uh, in one building somewhere, then they got uh, a bunch of uh, uh, professors. They grade you sending papers. You do it uh, on the computer, and, it, and you got to get it in by uh, a certain uh, uh, time. You know, uh, even the workforce has changed. You know, people don't want to go into work. They stay home and work. Now everything is. Uh, you know they do everything uh, on, uh, in in the Computer. cyber world. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Wow, yeah. you're saying things that that I hadn't even given much thought to, but you got me thinking deep, thinking deep. Oh my goodness. Well, you know, uh, people don't want to go into. You know, they have financial institutions where you it's harder to. To, to talk to somebody as it is to get in the safe, you know. You, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, you you they, you can go there and you talk it to them a uh, uh, computer, and the person is right behind the wall sitting behind the computer, but you have to talk to the computer and do all your business there with the, at the computer. You know, you don't uh, see a real live person in uh, 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 this. The smartphones, the younger people, the younger generation, uh, they do everything. They don't even go into the finance industry. Once they go there and join, they don't ever go back again. They do everything, you know, on the phone. They pay the bills on the phone. They they make the deposit on the phone. And, uh, uh, they, they buy the stuff off the phone or what have you. So it, this is a, a world that uh, uh, we who are ageable never suspected with a it, uh, it would, 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 would be this way. And, and it, 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 it. Wow. See, I told you you were smart, Mr. Williams. You're an Air Force man. You see how smart? You have educated me now. You took me back to kindergarten, and you done brought me up to ninth grade. Yes. You just really didn't give me so much knowledge. You are a smart person. You're destined. You're destined for greatness. You're still destined for greatness. Well, uh, I'm 94 and, and three-quarter years old. I'm almost 95, so I don't know about that here. <laughs> but now, Mr. William, age is just a number. That's all it is, just a number. Well, See, when you were number. born, you were either eight months old or nine months old. So, so you know, age is just a number. We always say, I'm 90 years old. I'm, it all depends on what you've done with your life, and you've done a lot with your life because you talk just like a... A teacher just out of college ready to meet students. Yeah, well, You're so alert and everything, knowledgeable. I'm, I'm far from that. I don't want to do that no more. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> well, you, you don't know. You, no, you, can't, you can't dictate to God. God tells you what to do. He tells you what to do, and you have to follow his plan. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm going to say, God, yeah. please don't let me do that no more. <laughs> <laughs> you said, please don't let you do that no more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, Mr. Williams, I have enjoyed talking with you today. Oh, so As I said, you're an outstanding dignitary. 
you superlative, you very knowledge, and I warn the people. I should have said, fasten your seat belts because you're about to get it. But I didn't warn them. But now they'll say, well, she should have told me to fasten my seatbelt because of the knowledge that I was going to get. But, no, I wanted to shock them. I wanted to surprise them. Well, you know, but you have been so going. You did what now? Lynn and I, we tell the thing. We go back way uh, uh uh, way back, you know, Glenel is the only person in Lake City that I talked to that, rem- you know, remember the rest of uh, uh, everybody in the neighborhood that I grew up in is passed away. In the, uh, so Glenn and I, we talk, in, uh, and he's telling me a lot of times, oh, man, I forgot that. You remember that? Yes, he so uh, I remember Glenel was a leader. Coming up, he all the kids followed Glendale. You know, uh, Glendale uh, was the little leader of. Uh, so his leadership now is he been doing that all his life. And he was a kid. All the kids followed Glendale. Glendale. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, he was a uh, uh, the dad devil. You know, he was Glendale played with the, He uh, he was the youngest. We played basketball together. He was the youngest kid on the team in the sport. Uh huh. Yeah. So. Uh, he and George Arrow, so the good guy became a, a dentist. They were they, they were the little guys, the smart guys on the team. They, they, but they were younger than everybody else. But they played. Glenda played baseball with the grown men when he was about ninth, eighth or ninth grade. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 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 Well, ever since I've known, he's been very smart, very smart, and he doesn't give up. He's a role model. Yes. He doesn't give up. Tucker used to Tucker used to brag on Glendale all the time, you know. And we we laugh, you know. Tucker was my dear friend, and he always say the man said Glendale ain't scared of nothing, man. He said, and Glendale said, man, you don't have to take that. The guy said, I'm gonna talk to Glendale and see what Glendale say about it. Glendale was always a leader. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, he's still he's still that way now, Mister William. He's not afraid of anything. I tell him all the time, "Hey man, see about yourself. You can you you done done enough for the community. See about yourself." And he said, "Yeah, man." But that that's just yeah to get me off the case. And he going he going if they come to him, he's gonna help them as best he can. That's right. Sure will. He's just that way. Well, you know him very well. Yeah, you know him very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He he's. Everything that you said and more, he is. Everything you said is more, yeah. And sometimes he said, "Well, I'm not feeling well," and then I walk out the room and go back in the room. Oh, I feel much better now. He done got well just in a matter of seconds. You know, yeah, yeah. I feel better now. I might give him a drink of water. Oh yeah, yeah. I feel better now. Up and gone, up and gone. Yeah. So you know him very, very well, very well. He. He has made a difference. He's a legend. He's he has done so much for people, so much for people, and he continued to do that. Yeah, I was telling Glenda when I got to go. My brother, it was just two of us. We left. He had been in the army, so we both left in 1947. He had finished school in 45. You know, uh-huh. we, we live uh, where old uh, uh, my Pisgah used to be the old church. You, on the corner from where the new church is, right down Church Street at the end of that block. On the, we live down there, 
so we walked to church. And so when we got ready to go to college, our mother walked us up past all of the, to the train station. We was catching the train that uh-huh. came out of Jacksonville. She says, get your lesson, find your wife in college, and don't come back to Lake City because <laughs> stay here, you know, go someplace where it's more progressive. So uh-huh. we, did, we did that, but... Uh, uh, Leonard went back and made a difference, and that was nice that he made a difference. He, did, he went back to Lake City and made a difference uh, uh-huh. in Lake City, and that was that, that was that was nice, you know. Sure Because had he not come back to Lake City, he wouldn't have found me. So he did come back. It was nice for him to come back to Lake City, Mr. Williams. Yeah. Are you from Lake City? No, I'm not from Lake City. I'm from Cordia, Georgia. Cordia, Georgia. Oh, yeah. Okay, I know. Mm. Cordia, Georgia. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. But, Mr. Williams, it has been a delightful experience, and I'm so glad that you took time from your busy schedule yeah. to talk with little old me, and I oh, appreciate yeah. it very much. Well, I enjoy chatting with you. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, my, I have to look out for my wife. She has to me, but uh, I, I, I didn't mind. You know, I thought about it, and I said, well, I'll, I'll do this and everything. And so thanks for asking me. I enjoy chatting with you. Yes, yes. And you have made a difference, and a lot of people will listen to you. Okay? All right. And you say hello to your wife, and you all continue to be wonderful. And thank you for the time that you've given me today. You're quite welcome. Tell old Glenn to call me when you get a chance. Okay. okay, then. And you be blessed. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. Goodbye. This has been a nice experience with Mr. Don Williams. We have had an extensive conversation, and we would like for you to thank you again for joining us on this special hour where we honor this outstanding dignitary, Mr. Don Williams. Thank you for listening, and again, be blessed. <laughs>